0: Welcome to Flipping the Script, a podcast for women of color by women of color, helping you to not just navigate your way through change, but to embrace it. I am your host, Michelle Words. Today we have Dr. Denise Mose. Dr. Denise Mose is a power to be reckoned with. As an educator, media personality, and motivational speaker, Dr. Mose is a self-proclaimed Jill of all trades. Dr. Mose encourages us to step out on faith, to achieve our ultimate goals. Let's get to it.
1: I am not where you wanna be? Trying to navigate
0: life, but it's hard to see, yeah. I struggling to make a change? Come and tune in, now is the perfect chance. With are flipping the script so you'll find your way to help you embrace any trials you face. We're flipping a script, conquer every day. We're helping you find your happy place. Today, we have Dr. Denise Yvette Dr. Mose is considered as a Jill of all trades. She is a sought-after speaker, educator, media correspondent, and an award-winning author. Dr. Mose conducts speaking engagements on topics such as self-image, business strategies, public speaking, fashion, and wardrobe. Dr. Mose has traveled as a media correspondent for NBC for the Olympics in Brazil, and also as a correspondent for events such as the Academy Awards, Wimbledon, Sundance Film Festival, African-American Film Festival, the NFL Draft, Grammys, Essence Music Festival, Kentucky Derby, and so much more. Dr. Mose has a BA degree from Alabama A&M in elementary and early childhood education, and an MBA from Florida Metropolitan University, as well as a PhD in business administration from Walden University. She taught as a professor in residence in Shanghai, China for one year and has traveled extensively internationally. Her latest book is titled blind faith my life changing journey in China. She is host of the award winning podcast self discovery Sundays with Dr D, which airs at four o'clock p.m. Central Time on Spotify iTunes and iHeartRadio radio on Sundays. Dr. Mose, welcome to Flipping the Script.
1: Yay, I'm glad to be here on Flipping the Script. Good to be here. Thank you so much, Michelle.
0: Thank you so much. So tell us, first of all, where are you from?
1: I am from Huntsville, Alabama.
0: So growing up in Huntsville, Alabama, would you say that you were always someone that embraced change throughout life? Or when do you think that you started to become such an advocate for change?
1: I would say I became an advocate for change probably when I graduated with my degree in education. My first love is teaching. My first love is being in a classroom or being in a setting where there are students younger than me that I can impart and pour into. So that started when I was 21. And this just progressed over the years. Although I do a lot right now in my life, a myriad of things. Teaching is, is where I find my core, my center, the best space. And that started when I was 21 and it's just developed over years. And especially before I left for living abroad in China.
0: Okay. So let's talk about that for a minute. What made you decide to go to China?
1: Well, Michelle, I had a great job as a business professor and had a great time. Loved what I was doing was not in fear of losing my job but just got to the point where I needed more in my life. I loved going to class. I loved presentations. I loved my students. I love my colleagues, but I just said, you know, I just need more. And I didn't know what that more was, but I knew that teaching, but I knew teaching wasn't it anymore. I was just losing my mojo. I was regressing and not progressing. And so a very good friend of mine, New Shell Hastings has a wonderful program where she sends teachers abroad, Italy, you know, China, Thailand, Vietnam, Philippines, Dubai, Qatar. And she said, Doc, you'd be great in China. I said, China? You mean China, 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 Beijing, China? And I said, no, I don't want to go that far. And the more she said it, the more she said, you said you wanted to change something drastic, this is it. And she said, do me a favor, just talk to the uh, one of the owners of the schools in China. And let's just do a Skype. So we did that, and it was great. It was absolutely wonderful. And this was around around June of 2014. And by December, 2014, that same year, I was in China. So how did you find that experience? I loved it. I absolutely loved living abroad in Asia. What a beautiful continent of Asia and a beautiful country of China. And, you know, I learned so much about me. You know, I I knew no one in China. I did not speak Mandarin. So this was this was truly what my book said. This was blind faith. But I knew that this could be the best thing ever or the worst thing ever, but either way I would learn from it. So I chose to be positive and say let me just immerse myself and jump in with both feet and just go for it. And I'm so glad that I did because that's when you learn. You know when you do things you are not used to doing, things you've never done before and you're better for it in the end. That's right. You know, going outside of your comfort zone. Completely, completely. And, and I had traveled before to London and Paris and places like that, but never 17 hours in the air.
0: <laughs> now that's, was the <laughs> that's the downside.
1: Well, that's the downside. Well, I flew for the class. You know, I, I got miles for days. So I, I was pretty comfortable. But still, it's 17 hours in the air and going to a place you did not know. I knew my interpreter. We met through Skype, and I saw her at the airport, and that was it. That, that was my only communication that I had. So it was just a beautiful experience. I have so many beautiful memories of China. There was nothing derogatory or bad about it. It was just great. I had a great time. There were certainly some areas where I got nervous. Of course, obviously, I'm human. But it was such a beautiful, beautiful time there. Can you give
0: me an example of how it was life-changing for you?
1: When I landed in Liu Shi, China, that's where I stayed. I was not in Beijing or Shanghai, a big city like those. I was in a, not small, but I was in Liu China, which is about four hours from Shanghai. And so I knew it hit me when I walked, looked around and no one was African-American. No one looked like me, no one talked like me. No one was Southern giving hugs and kisses. You're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. And I saw the rickshaws with the the men with the hats, you know, and everyone speaking Chinese. And I'm like, okay, so I'm really, really here. I got my apartment to my, I got my key to my apartment and it was just a different experience. You know, I mean, it was an American style apartment, but the bathrooms were different and the rooms were different. It was just quite different. And I, you know, when, when you walk down the street and no one speaks your language, but they stare at you, but they smile, you know, you've done something quite different. And that was the 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 chance for me to say, okay, I'm really going to embrace this and really soak every bit of it up for myself.
0: And then that also allowed you to travel throughout Asia as well, that experience.
1: Oh oh my gosh. And that was the other caveat of going. I said, if I go to, if I do China, then I want to go see Bangkok and I want to see Korea. I want to see Beijing, I want to see Shanghai, I want to see Shenzhen, I want to see Dubai. And I did every last one of those trips, every last one, several times, because I was already in China and it was cheap to fly to Bangkok from there. It was cheap to fly to Dubai from there, you know? So I wanted to see the Tiger Temple in Dubai. I rode a tiger, not rode a tiger, I, I. you know, I, um, a tiger by the collar, the Tiger Kingdom. I I saw the Sleeping Buddhas in Wat Po Museum in Bangkok. Uh, I saw the floating market, the famous floating market in Thailand. And then to go to Dubai and see the Burj uh, Khadija, the biggest building in the world. You know, it was just, I I went to Beijing and saw where Michael Phelps won all his eight gold medals. You know, so it was just beautiful. And, And then Hong Kong is so beautiful as well very, very small, very compact but so westernized, so I I loved it, I loved it, I loved it, it's, Bangkok is a beautiful tropical country, and I would go back and live, if I I ever go back, Michelle, I'm going to Bangkok.
0: (laughs) Okay, that's what I was going to ask you next, is would you do it again?
1: I would not do China again, I, you know, did it, been there, done that, got the t-shirt and the, and the hat, but if, if I were to live any place else abroad, it would be Thailand and I would do that because it's tropical most of the year and very inexpensive. The dollar goes very, very far in bot uh, the foot the money is called in Thailand, a bot. Yes. dollars. Uh, so it, it the money triples it's <laughs> several, several, several times over. That's why so many and I now I understand why so many people go to Thailand because it's very, very cheap.
0: You know, it's cheap, it's beautiful, good food, beautiful, all of that. It's yes. island.
1: It's, and there's so many things to do there, you know, and so if I, if I ever go abroad again and live, if I do it, uh, it would be Thailand. Oh my gosh. Easily. No, okay. no. <laughs> right So what's
0: interesting is with your background, how did you end up in entertainment and as a correspondent?
1: Here's the million dollar question, right, Michelle? That's the one question that everyone asks. How did you go from from doing presentations to talking to Prince,
0: <laughs> you know? You talk to Prince? Yes. I am about to die.
1: <laughs> Prince, Janet Jackson, Mary J. And that's, that's the... Uh, what I, I always thought, thought that I would meet Prince one day. I saw, him, I saw him in New York and we went backstage and we met him. Now it was only 10 seconds, but I can say I was there.
0: I, I, you know what? That would be enough you know, for me to brag about it. for life.
1: <laughs> yes, because he's my favorite. He is my absolute too. favorite. He is my Michelle. I, I, I love Michael. I love Madonna. I love all of them. But I, I love, and I've seen him in concert eight times. Eight. I, I, I love Prince. I'm in the purple army. I have several t-shirts. I have the purple earrings. I got it all.
0: I'm with you. And I'm with you.
1: I saw him there and in New York, Times Square, Madison Square Garden. Uh, knew that knew his drummer Michael very very well. Knew his wife even better, and she took me backstage to meet him, and met and met Sidney, his famous singer with the bald head. Met her and the entire team, and met Sheila E. Just it was just it was just crazy, and it was just I, I said, um, oh, and then and then I saw Chris Rock, and I saw Questlove because they're also very close to Prince, so it was like, oh my god.
0: Which <laughs> event was this?
1: This was when he was doing his greatest hits tour. Just an amazing time, an amazing time. So,
0: yeah. So back to the question, how did you get into that?
1: So I was doing a presentation for T.D. Jakes in Orlando. T.D. Jakes was doing something about uh, the Black neighborhoods and had gotten the young, young, new people, me and a few of the friends, colleagues rather, that had just gotten our PhD. So we were kind of the young experts. And it was his panel. And when the panel was over, Roy M. Evans said to me, he said, my name is Roy Evans. I own Jericho Broadcast Networks, and you belong on TV. And I looked around like, "Who do you mean, dude? I'm a, I'm a college professor. I hold Fridays. Love my schedule." <laughs> and so he said, "No, no, you're, you're who I need. You're, you're who I need." And I didn't believe him. And then I guess a week later, he kept calling, saying, "I need you. You're, I need a new talk show host, and, and you're it." And I'm like, "I don't want to do my talk shows and radio. I don't think about that." But I said, "You know what? Why not?" And he had a, you know, he was legit. He was for real, the real deal, real studio, interns, everything. And the more we did shows together, he said, we should start doing some red carpets. And I said, oh, okay, well, what do you mean? He said, well, the Kentucky Derby. I'm like, we'd be the the Kentucky Derby. You mean the Derby Derby? Because there's only one Derby. The Derby Derby. And we did the Kentucky, and, and Michelle, we did the Kentucky Derby red carpet in 2008. We interviewed legendary Smokey Robinson. Gabrielle Union, Bootsy Collins, Paul Wall, Every Star, Tina Marie. And then we went backstage and we were there when Earth, Wind & Fire went on stage. And I said, how much, how much will you pay me? And when can we keep going? Right, you're getting paid for this? Like I would do <laughs> it for free. <laughs> yes. And so after that I was hooked, but I kept my full-time job because it was not uh, in a position I was not to supplement my income. So the more red carpets we did and the more exposure we did, the more we got paid. I said, hey, this is starting to take care of my income because I, I had a house already with a, com- a comfortable mortgage. It's just me. I'm not married. I had no kids. I could do this, jump in and see what happened. I had some money saved anyway. So I left my job in 2009 and I have not looked back since. So we've just done even more. So now, here's the beauty. When you start doing certain red carpets, and you submit your work to all these big magazines, they will say yes or no. And, with the, and the ones that say yes, you hold on to because that's when you start getting paid. So the bigger event you do, the more validated you are. So now I cover the Sundance Film Festival in Park City, Utah. Now I cover uh, the Academy Awards in Beverly Hills, California. Now I cover New York Fashion Week, Bryant Park, New York. Now I cover, you know, everything else. So when you have those big names behind you, then you start getting paid.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Wow, that is amazing.
1: Yeah, so he saw something in me that I didn't know and we jumped on it and I said, you know what, why not? So that just goes to show you life is so funny. And if you don't take the advantage or take the opportunity, you never know. But I'm so glad that he of said, the TV, you, you should be big, you're, you're amazing. I need you for my show. And we did that show for five years, Urban America Today in Eatonville, Florida for five years, live show.
0: Wow. And, you know, that you said yes, you know, you weren't afraid and you didn't, you took him seriously enough to at least explore it a little bit further and found exactly. out that he was legitimate and that he it was, was a real opportunity for you.
1: Yeah, we're friends to this day. I've learned to never throw anybody away because you just never know who you may need and who, who may need you, you know, entertainment, as you know, is grimy and it's doggy dog, you know, and that's even for press. Yes. Because if you go on the red carpet, there is no love. You have the space of an eight by ten sheet of paper. You that, that's that's the space.
0: <laughs> well, I already introduce. can't do that because I can't even fit on an eight by ten.
1: <laughs> it might be a nine by eleven, but that's the space you have for you, your producer, and your whoever you have to get these stars. And you are this you see the press line. Yeah, you're very close. So you want to get close. To the folks you're with, you're like, oh, you're from you're from Billboard, okay, MTV. I'm from the Florida Sun. I'm with NBC, okay. When you get Rihanna, when you get done, pass it to me. When you Michael B. Jordan, pass it to me. You know, so you get those relationships real quick. You become really friends. There is no love, though. You right. know what? And then you won't get every star. You know, do I want Rihanna or do I want Nicole Kidman? Do I want Michael B. Jordan or do I want Winston Duke? Do I want Tom Holland or do I want Timothy Chalamet? You you because you won't get them all. You have 22 seconds. To impress these people in the next celebrity.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Wow.
1: But that's the but that's the joy of it, you know, because people always say, don't you get starstruck? And I'm like, you know what? I really don't. I've met so many to the point that many are friends now. They really, really are. We're, we're very close because I see them at the Grammys and I see them at the NFL draft. And I see them, you know, Super Bowl, and I see them You're at familiar the
0: office. face.
1: You know, so we, we cross all the time, especially at the Essence Festival. Everybody goes to the Essence Festival, so I see everyone backstage that I've right. seen all year. You know, so it's like, hey, me, hey, how you doing? You know, I see Neo all the time. We hug. I see Neo four times a year, if not more. So we're like, hey, me, hey. and he'll say, hey, no, I, I want to talk to her. No, no, I, I want her. I'm gonna, I know her. <laughs> you you, you want to build that rapport because right in your social media, I'll, I'll inbox Lunel and say, good to see you. I'll see you at Hollywood. She's like, okay, girl, I see you there. You know, she just did. You know, Dolomite is my name and she just did coming to America, you know, so she's in comedy, you know, so I keep my communications open. I say, hello, how are you doing? I'll see you in Hollywood. I'll see you in DC. I'll see you in New New York. You know, I'm doing my part too to say, hey, I'll see you. Make sure when you see me, we talk. Right. And footage. So now when did you write your first book? I wrote my first book when i was getting my PhD. So that was around 2003, 2004. And my first book was called Life at 433. It was my dissertation for my PhD. And my counselor said, this is going to be a book. And I'm like, I just want to graduate and get the the three letters. We produced it. And Lillian B. Sears, God rest her soul, Lillian B. Sears uh, said, she looked at it. I thought it was crap. And she said, no, you're a good writer. Keep writing. And And see, along the way, Michelle, I've had these folks to drop into my life and bless me. Roy Evans put me in television. Lillian Sears was the first to publish my book and she's done them all. Charlene Thomas is now my editor. You know, so along the way, I've had these amazing people to pour into me and to support my career. And we're all on this journey together. Now when I I do my books, I email to Charlene because she's my editor. Now when I wanna, and even when it comes to fashion, I have a stylist, Latoya Hayden and everything you see me wearing, she sent me. You know, if, if I'm going to a red carpet, She sends me clothes and I shout her out. Thank you, Miltoya, my best stylist. You know, it's a quick pro quo. You help me, I help you. You support my platform, I support yours.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: Collaboration is everything in entertainment and everything, but especially in entertainment. And now with social media, there are so many bloggers and writers and journalists that are not with NBC, ABC. They have their own platforms that have a million followers. So they don't need NBC and ABC. They got their own platform that they've built organically online right that's why tiktok has taken off because we've all been home in quarantine and go home make some videos of you cooking food you doing this doing makeup or doing this talking to kids and you're viral and now you're famous and everybody's a star (laughs) everybody's a star and that's the beauty and the beast of it because it can be a false narrative how you maintain your popularity tiktok is very fast it's seven seconds and that's it what's your next video and you must be on TikTok all day to build your following. Well, who has eight hours just for social media? I know I don't. Right. i so I do what I can do. I'm going gonna to do, do flipping the script at 10 a.m. I'm going to do my next show at 4 p.m. And then 2 p.m. And then have some lunch. And then build my shows. Build my audience the exact same way.
0: Exactly. So now you have flipped your script so many times. What motivates yeah. you to do so?
1: Life, because life is so very short, Michelle. I, I look at it not to be, you know, sad, but I, I think about Kobe Bryant and Chadwick Boseman, the top of their careers. Chadwick Bozeman had cancer and then did nine more films. Kobe Bryant is a living legend and was what well, is a living legend. and. Was married and had daughters and had a foundation and was an inspiration and he's gone. So I I want to live each day, Michelle, because my pastor always says, not here today, going tomorrow. He says here today, going today. It might be 11 a.m. now, but you know, will I be here at 3 p.m. today? So you better live. I, I'm a I'm a I'm a believer in Christ. The, the Bible says. I came that you'd have life and have it more abundantly. Not that you live, that you'd have life. Travel, see the world, buy the dress, eat the cake, go to, go to Qatar, go to Panama, you know, live. Right. Well, what challenges have you,
0: have you faced though when you're trying to navigate change or initiate a change?
1: I would say my circle has changed. The friends i had seven years ago i don't have today the circle i had seven years ago i do not have today and you have to make those decisions because when you're trying to elevate and build your brand build your business create new paths there are some people that just cannot handle that
0: mm. very true so
1: you must be okay and say well that's too bad for you i'm going this way and find some way to have a keep have a sweet spot if that's a relationship you want to keep, because when you're trying to build your business, you're going to meet new people along the way and they won't get along with these old folks. So if it is it your future or your friends. Right. I, I would say the circle that you have. Absolutely.
0: These,
1: with letting people say, you know what, I'm going to do this over here. I'm going to meet with these people, see what they have to say and go from there. And if you have friends, who, and if you have true friends, they'll support you and be your biggest cheerleaders. Yes. And If you to say, well, why are you doing that? Because I want to do it. When I went to China, I can honestly say, no one said, why are you doing that? They were like, girl, go my best. Now my, my best friend, John, he said, I don't know why you're going, but go kick it. He said, I don't know what it is, but go kill it. You know? So even though he didn't understand, he's like, go do it. Go knock right. it out. Go conquer. Get, go let China see who Denise Yvette Moses is.
0: And not so, everybody is going to understand it. And like you said, that's okay. But they were still supportive okay. anyway.
1: And guess there's a, there's a quote that I posted this week. It said, when God tells you something, it's for you because it wasn't a conference call. Me, what to do. He didn't tell, he didn't tell you to decide for me. You know, I see my star being huge and growing and building. And if you can't see that for me, it's been real. And so be is okay. this what you talk about on your podcast? Absolutely. I, I talk about self-discovery, growing who you are, what you want to be, the pitfalls along the way, because you're going to have them, healthy ways to handle rejection. And then when you go for it, and then what happens when you really go for it? Wow, this could be great. Because, you know, it's, it's normal to go negative and say, oh, this might not onion. That's normal. But it's also normal to have expectation and to be completely excited about things you don't know. I was beyond thrilled for China. I had never been to China, but I knew this girl. I knew this girl. I knew Denise Mos. I knew that she'd be okay. Right. I talk about inner faith in yourself, not just God or whoever you believe in, but do you believe in yourself? Do you believe you can make this business? Can you leave this relationship? Can you start this relationship? You know, it comes down to the person in the mirror that you see every day. It comes down to the person that you see in the mirror every day. Yes, so if there is
0: one piece of advice that you would give then to my audience and encouraging them to navigate change, what would it be?
1: My piece of advice to the audience to navigate change. One, I would really, really weigh the decision. Make sure you weigh it. Number two, is it measurable for you? What do you hope to gain from it? And then three, accept the the cost of it. For example, when I went to China, I said, I'm going to give myself this year for whatever it is. Number one, accept the discovery of change. Number two, once you're in it, don't be a punk. Don't quit. That's what we always do. Don't, don't quit. Stay in it. It happens. Find out how strong you are. I knew I was strong, but when I went to China and an elephant picked me up in Thailand, I said, okay. And then when I, I saw the amazing sleeping Buddhas in Thailand. And then I saw, you know, the beautiful architecture in Dubai, the things that I saw and then to walk and breathe and touch the the Great Wall of China. I just, you know, these are things that are in books and I was there, you know, so I I would say, don't let anything limit you. We tend to say, well, I can't do this. Well, why can't you? Why can't you do that?
0: That's right. Why not? That's my mantra. You you know, I've said it many times in the show. Why not? Why
1: not? Why not? It might just be wonderful. So don't go to the negative. It might just be the best thing you've ever done. And going to China was the spark I needed when I came back. I said, I said, okay, I've got my mojo back. And that's when I I started my podcast and doing and really doing more red carpets and and my income increased and things like that. You know, so that's that's what you have to do. You know, to do something you've never done, you have to really really go for it. Yes, and and
0: that's what I have encouraged before to my listeners is that, you know, I've I've lived abroad now for seven years, I going know. on seven I years.
1: Your, I love your story. I love yeah. your story.
0: But the thing is, like you, you only left for like a year, year and a half. It doesn't have to be long-term and still life-changing. It does so, not. Yeah, it doesn't it does have not. to be a long-term commitment. You can, I know a lot of expats that have thought that they were only going to be gone for a year or two. And 10 years later, 15, 20 years, they're still gone. So, you know, you can always change your path also. You know, there is no guide that you must follow.
1: And and people will say, well, I don't know. I just, I've never done it. Well, that's why you're doing it because you've never done it. There are so many people, you know, like the the great quote says, there are so many dreams in the graveyard. If, If I don't do anything else in life, Michelle, I'm good. I plan to do more. But I've lived, like you said, about eight different lives. I've seen the world, you know. My millions are on the way. I live in a state of anticipation that it's going to be, it's going to be okay. The worst thing I've ever had to do, Michelle, was bury my mother. 2005, my mother passed away. Worst day of my life. I was close to my mother. Uh, She was beautiful, taught me everything. She and my dad had a beautiful 40-year marriage. Everything. Beautiful. And then we buried her. To you know, later on that month, and I said, "Okay, there's really no no holding me back now. I've already been to the worst, so it can only get better from here. <laughs> I've already done the hardest thing in the, in life to do. I've already done the most personal thing for me to do in life, so I can do anything. I buried my mother, you know, and my dad now is remarried to Miss Joyce. He's wonderful. Call her my bonus mom. So life goes on. Life goes on. Yeah, you just have to keep going. I mean, you don't have to, but you should. If we are still here. There's still more work for us to do.
0: Yep. If you're not busy living, you're busy dying. That's my other <laughs> quote oh, that I like to use. Reduce-
1: okay, yeah. Shawshank Redemption. Can <laughs> you
0: so Dr. Mose, yes. where can my listeners find you then on social media?
1: On social media, everything on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, IMDb, and Twitter is Denise Moes, D-E-N-I-S-E. M O S E, and not to be braggadocious, you can Google me. You can Google me and Google Google Denise Mose, D E N I S E M O S E. Purchase my book on my website, www.drdenisemose.com. Support entrepreneur, support her yes. doing her thing, you know. Buy my books, my Blind Faith Journey book, and then, of course, the workbook. The book is 14 and the workbook is 11. So that's 25 bucks. How does the
0: workbook work with your book?
1: The workbook is a 10 page guide to how you build your dreams. It's, it talks about how you build a vision board. I show one in my workbook how you can build one. I talk about a 30 day plan, a 60 day plan. Again, measurable. Don't do some laundry list of 50 things because you'll never get it done. But if you say in 30 days, I'm going to have these three things done, you can do that. And if you say, in 60 days, I'm going to have these six things done, you can do that. So it's a 10-page guide of how to build your dreams. There's also a page for your dream witness, which is someone that comes along with you and says, you know what, I'm going to sign this to, to hold you accountable for your own dreams, because you need a cheerleader. Sometimes we can't cheer for ourselves. So your dream witness is also someone that holds you accountable, shares in your dream, claps when you do well, and, and have a shoulder for when you want to cry. So that's what it's about. It's a two-page journey on how to build your dreams.
0: Fabulous.
1: Great. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you, Dr. Mose, for sharing your story and reminding Yay. us that life is an unscripted series with unlimited segments.
1: Absolutely. So, I love that. Yes. I love it.
0: And to the listeners, tell us, <laughs> what is the title of your next script?
1: Okay, uh, I'm working on my first murder mystery suspense novel. I'm working on that right now, probably the next two years. I'm so excited because during this quarantine, uh, I listened to and took James Patterson's classes online and Stephen King, they released their classes online and I about how to, how to build characters and stories and all this cool stuff. And so I took those classes. I said, I'm going to do my first murder mystery, my first murder suspense. And I've got 12 pages so far. <laughs> so that's what wow yeah so when do you plan on having that completed i've given myself two years because it's, it's going to take some time to still build my characters i've got my story for the most part how i wanted to go but i certainly am seeking my other good friends who've already written suspense novels and getting their advice you know i'm not trying to say i know it all because i do not so i'm going i'm seeking my good friend yara who's written several suspense books about love and all types of things and then sometimes you know even murder i'm enlisting those people who know who are smarter than me so it can be really really good very good that's right surrounding yourself with people that
0: know what they're doing as well and can guide you
1: absolutely because i don't know it all and that's the, that's what we do We're like well i got it no you don't no you don't no you don't you don't have it no you
0: don't <laughs> well we will look forward to that
1: yay i'm looking forward to sharing
0: it all right perfect thank you so much
1: Yay, thank you so much. I I look forward to us, you know, continuing to talk and chat and good stuff.
0: Perfect. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of Flipping the Script. If you like what you have heard, please make sure to subscribe to get notified of future episodes. Also, I would appreciate it if you would write a review and share with your friends. And I want to hear from you. Feel free to drop me a line and let me know what you thought about this week's episode or to suggest any future topics that you would like for me to explore. Or you can just stop by and say hello. You can reach me at Flippinthescript.com or on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Flippinthescript. Want to continue the discussion? I also have a private group for ladies only on Facebook. I look forward to hearing from you. Bye for now. We're flipping a script so you'll find your way To help you embrace any trials you face We're flipping a script, conquer every day We're helping you